My guest for this episode is Marvin Liao. He's an investor, operator, board member, executive coach, and formal advisor to several large family offices. He spent six years as a partner with the venture capital fund 500 Startups. He has invested in over 414 early stage startups around the world. He shares his advice for investors, founders, and everyone who experienced 2020 as a bit of a wake-up call. This is Invincible Career, and I'm Larry Cornett. So welcome to the show, Marvin. It's great to see you again after uh, 11, 11 years, 10 years. It's been a long time. Probably 10 years. I think probably, yeah, 10 years probably. <laughs> How does a decade go by? <laughs> so, seems just like yesterday. We were in Barcelona having dinner, and like yeah, I think that's the last time I saw you in person. Yeah, that, that, yeah. That, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I just think like time flies when you're having fun and getting old, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like valley time, right? Just stuff, just like. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. But I see you online a lot. You're very active. And, and so I feel like I've been keeping up with your life. But Vice probably versa. some folks listening don't know everything about you. So yeah. let's start with a little bit about who you are and what you're up to right now. Yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, who I am. Um, so I've done a bunch of stuff. So I've been a Silicon Valley guy now 21, 22 years. I've been in San Francisco this long. Uh, did the startup stuff for a couple of years. Uh, then was a big tech exec like Larry. <laughs> That's what we met. Um, right. After um, after Yahoo, I actually took a two-year sabbatical. So I just kind of did nice. the angel vesting boards, the survey boards. And that was incredible. That was really, really good. And, mm -hmm. um, and then I ended up uh, being a VC, early stage investor, running um, you know, being a partner at 500 startups. So it was an early stage VC fund and accelerator right. and end up, you know, starting their San Francisco office and doing a lot of investments and traveling the world and doing all this stuff for about six years. Uh, so right. I did that from 2014 to 2019, crazy ride. Um, yeah. <laughs> mainly good. I would say mostly good, um, but crazy ride. Yeah. And I uh, left end of 2019. So I think my last day was official, I think like Jan 1st, 2020. Um, and last year was sort of meant to be my sabbatical year, just like, you know, more of the boards, as every boards and mm -hmm. uh, doing the, the conference circuit stuff and the COVID happened and that kind of wrecked everything. <laughs> and so you kind of had to rethink my life. Yeah, and yeah. so what I do now, um, I sit on several boards. I, I manage my own investment portfolio. And I basically just like mentor for fun. I speak a lot of events and just, mm, you know, honestly cool. just trying, and I, I sit on several um, investment committees and advisory boards of different VC funds. And so that's oh, kind nice. of what I do. So kind of have my toes still in the business, but more or less kind of on sabbatical and reading and doing a lot of writing, as you know. So just that's right. what yeah. I do. Yeah, I follow your Substack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. The you're hot one new newsletter platform. Yeah, yeah you're, you're one, Substack. you're, yeah, you're, yeah, Substack's <laughs> awesome, awesome. <laughs> So, you know, at Yahoo, you were a sales executive and, and that's where we met. And then you took the sabbatical. So what was the transition like into the venture capital world? Because a lot of people, and we can talk more about this, a lot of people dream about this, especially yeah. those in product and business. They're like, you know, someday I want to be a VC partner. That's kind of my ultimate dream yeah. is I can be a VC yeah. partner and sit on the other side of the table for a change. So what was that transition like? I mean, honestly, like, I don't know if there's a lot that people can learn from sort of my experience, because I, I do think there's never one path into VC. Mm -hmm. And that path is very accidental. Um, and so the, the way I, you know, like, the way I got into 500, right, I didn't have any plans to be uh, a VC and to do investing. It was really more on on just sort of, I was bored. And so I got to know, <laughs> I got to know the 500 team, I, I was mentoring at like almost two dozen different startup accelerator programs, just like mentoring for free. 
And yeah. I got to know the, I, I actually got to know the 500 team really well during that time. So I mentored for almost a, over like a year, year and a half. And mm-hmm. I, I was just literally spending like 10, 15 hours a week, sometimes more, just like mentoring the companies. And so okay. I got to know them for a long time. And, and so when they, you know, so, so Dave, who's one of the co-founders of 500, mm-hmm. I got to know them well. And, and so basically he, he asked me to join because like we're starting a San Francisco office. Uh, we need somebody right. to sort of help us there. Would you be interested? And, and so, and I, I actually had to think about it. It wasn't like instantaneous where I'm just like, oh, I'm sure. in. Like I had, to, I had to sort of like, huh, like, you know, is this, <laughs> is this sort of the path, right? Because, you know, as you know, when I was at Yahoo, we met, I was, um, you know, I was a general manager and sort of like commercial director for the MIA region, I believe, during that time. Right. So I ran yeah. the P&L. And so my expectation was to sort of like, jump back into sort of like, well, I'll probably be like a CRO or COO of some like sort of like series A, mm-hmm. series B company. That was where I thought my, my path, because I'm like, Hey, I'm a pretty decent operator. I think I'm a pretty good operator. This seems like a, right. and, and so this was very accidental. Um, but okay. you know, like I said, I'm very grateful. Like they gave me the chance because I, you know, I was an angel investor and terrible angel investor. I didn't know what I was doing and to, to go and ask me, you know, sort of to go join and run the program and also just invest too. When I didn't know anything about it, but just like, you know, I really like the fact that they gave me a chance. I'm so grateful. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's one of those things you don't get educated in and trained in unless you actually kind of just do it through experience and learn the hard way. And I know a lot of folks kind of learn the hard way. You only so, learn the hard way. You only learn the hard way. It's just <laughs> it's like only the, the hard knocks. Yeah. It's, it's just like you learn from losing your own money. Like I, I actually yeah. think like just my first, I'm going to say 70 to 80 deals weren't that good. Like I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and most of my successful investments really came in year two and year three. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what was, what were the lessons learned from that? Cause you know, a lot of people are doing some kind of lighter angel investment and, yeah. I, and I see some folks doing that. And like you said, I think they're just doing it by kind of relationships. Like somebody reaches out, Hey, we used to work yeah. together. Yeah, I'm yeah. founding this and I've done that. Yeah. Or, yeah. You want to put some money into my startup. So what lessons did you learn that helped you shift from that first year of mistakes into being more successful? I think a lot of it's like, like sort of like looking at, at multiple aspects. I think getting better at reading people of just like, are they really doing this for like the re the real re like, you know, for the good reasons or is this, you know, like, do they really mm-hmm. understand the space? Um, and so it was probably 60, 70% people assessment. Um, and I'm still working on that. That's the hardest part of just like, sure. you know, just that's hard. Um, and the rest of it's like really understanding sort of like market stuff, right? Just like, okay, right. does this, does this, you know, is this really a big market or like, it looks like a small market, but can this be a big market? I, I still, still rust like these are all things I still wrestle with as an investor. I, I still oh, sure. struggle with it. Um, but it's something that you, boy, if you don't know, like, just total disaster, right? Like total disaster. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and, and I still get, I still, some of the stuff is interesting, but some of the stuff I wrote off like back then, like back in those days have now done really, really well of just like what I didn't picture, just like, can this person grind it out? And I, I had a bunch of stuff where I'm just like, wow, like these folks are just total write off. You know, they grind it out. And now just doing super, super well, like six years oh, later on. And wow. so you're, you're just always surprised, right? Just like, wow, like I have real admiration for people who are just able to grind it out. And that's hard to figure out. Like that's really hard to, to figure out. Yeah. And some of it's just timing too. It's like a oh, huge part. I mean, I had my voice based startup that was, you know, way back in 2014 or whenever it was. And it was like, we tried to grind through for like three and a half, four years until we ran out of runway. 
And it was just like, people weren't that comfortable at that point with voice sharing voice. Yeah. And then lo and behold, last year clubhouse kind of comes yeah. out of nowhere and, and yeah. everybody's like, okay, I'm okay with it now. I'm yeah, okay yeah. with just sharing my voice. Yeah, yeah. It's like, ah, oh, where were you people like five years ago? <laughs> timing. Everything's timing. The big yeah. part is timing. Yeah. It's tough, man. It's tough. So let's talk a little bit on the other side of the table because, yeah. you know, you've been on both sides of the table yeah. and then you talked with so many founders, like hundreds of founders all over the world, which yeah. is kind of amazing. Yeah. What are the lessons that you learned from that, that you could give some advice to founders, like common mistakes to avoid or how to work better with investors and, and that whole you kind know, of navigating that, that relationship? You know, I, I, I will have to say sort of in the last couple of years, I've been a little bit, you know, I'm very bullish on Silicon Valley, you know, but mm -hmm. I, I do think there's a little bit too much hype around it. And there's a little bit too much hype around venture capital funding and things where okay. like, like there's this view, it's just like, you're not a real company unless you raise VC money. And I'm like, right, this is right. not true. And, <laughs> and, and, and I, I also think that a lot of founders are just like, really understand what you want and why mm -hmm. you're doing what you're doing and, and just understand sort of like, you, you know, you can't get half pregnant where it's just like, once you take VC money, right. like there's a path that you go down and just yeah. be very conscious and intentional. And, and I, I've, I've thought a lot about that in, in my life too, where I'm just like, I don't think I've been intentional about stuff. I think you, you mm. let your, your subconscious drive a lot of things. And it's like, is that something you really want? Or is that what everyone else is telling you? Everyone around you is telling right. you that you yeah. should want and should do. And, and so I do have some founders who they've raised the VC money and they regret it because like, wow, like this isn't, yeah. this actually isn't, like once you go down the path, right, the rocket ship, right, like just like the it triple, triple, everything. double, yeah. double of just like growth at all costs where uh, for most VCs, it, whether they say it or not, it's like they would rather you like try to go all out to, to have a billion dollar outcome or zero. And it's not in between. We don't care do if you get quickly. like 5x. Yeah, yeah. And do it quickly. Yeah. Or it's just like, like, it's just like you have to understand that's the path. And I'm not sure a lot of founders are thinking clearly about sort of like this is a path that like, yeah. you make that choice it's very hard to get off that path. And, and so I, I, the biggest thing I tell most founders, like really understand what you want, where it's like, like, it's fine. Like I, I love the term lifestyle business It's used derogatorily in, in Silicon Valley, but I'm yeah. like, Hey, if you have a business that's paying you 30, $40,000 a month or $10,000 a month, that's a damn good right. business. That's a damn yeah. good business yeah. doing the four hour work week thing. That's awesome. Yeah, I've changed my philosophy on that too. Um, cause we raised, we raised pretty early and got a seed round and brought on investors yeah. and we did it to accelerate things yeah. to bring on more engineers. Yeah. And it does it changes everything. Changes at everything. At that point, the clock starts ticking. And you know, we had not found our product market fit yet. We'd heard yeah. a lot. We ha I had a prototype and I tested it with people and there was a lot of verbal, oh yeah, and yeah, they yeah. were playing with it which is very different than when you launch yep. and it's in production. It's like, okay, where is everybody? Why aren't they using it more often? And that whole thing. And it's like, I just kept watching the clock tick as the bank account kept going lower and lower. And I had all these engineers to pay. Right. Yeah. And if I had it to do over again, I wouldn't have raised so early. I would have waited until we had a there there yeah. and said, okay, this is, this is legit. People yeah. like it. They want it. If we accelerate it, it's going to be more su successful. Yeah. And Instead, we ran out of money. And so, yeah. like, like you said, I think, I think a lot of people chase the raise because it's the thing to do. And it makes you feel it, like, it, oh, it, now it's a real startup. It, it, exactly. It, because it's a thing to do. That's what everyone else is doing. And it's like external validation, right? And there's mm -hmm. a lot to sort of like similar to sort of like personal lives. It's just like, are you driven extrin extrinsically or yeah. intrinsically? Yeah. And, and uh, just honestly, like the folks who are able to really sort of like stick it out are like driven intrinsically or just like, no, no. Like, I really do need the money. This actually does make sense. And I'm prepared to go all out. Like a lot of my best friends, like, like for them, it's either 
there's no quitting. Like they're building something, right? And you can sort of see that. And I think I look back on it when I'm like, wow, like there was a level of relentless now that I'm able to sort of better able to pick out, but there was no quit in these people. Like, you know, they didn't right. know everything, but there was no quit in them. And, and you know, that's just hard to suss out. And, and I think, are you building it for the right reason? And I think a lot of people are not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned lifestyle business because I, I remember the same thing, that, yeah. that same conversation and hearing a lot of the kind of derogatory comments like, oh, it's just a lifestyle business, you know? Yeah. And, I, and I hate that. Of, I think it's the worst it thing. It's, it's so bad. It's so bad. It really bugs me. I, I think for me, where just like, I, I look at this very different where I'm like, I think there's different, there's many paths, right? There's many paths to building a startup. There's right. many paths to, to life in general. And anyone who goes and says, this is a one way to do it. For me, it's just like STFU, right? Just like, right. no, like, like that's not <laughs> yeah. like, no, it's just, then you're just a demagogue. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, my business is a lifestyle business. Totally. You know, I'm a solopreneur and it like, it supports yeah. me and my family yeah. Yeah. and it's not probably going to get a lot bigger than this. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I coach a lot of other people the same way. Cause I think there is that middle ground. It's like, you know, some people love being an employee yeah. and it works out really well for them and they like the structure and they like having a yeah. boss and having the, everything that goes with being in a corporation. Some people want to create the next thing that's going to change the world, you know, and it's going to be a billion dollar company or it's going to do something amazing like cure cancer. And I know some folks yeah. doing that. Yeah. Then there's a bunch of us in the middle. It's like, I don't really like working for someone else. I'm yep. not going to build a billion dollar company. <laughs> I just want to build something that, you know, maybe I could have a couple employees and we'll be happy. We'll be yeah. doing stuff we love doing. Nothing wrong with that. I, I think that's the future, right? I, I think it's about people. But I hope last year, like we talked about, you know, 2020, sort of like the yeah. wake up call for everybody. And I, I just, there's a path for everybody. And I, I think, you know, this, this is why I like, I love spending time. Like, you know, I, as you know, I travel the world and I spend, a, yeah. I'm on the board of a, of a, of a video, of a very successful video gaming company, holding company in, in Ukraine. And I just, I love spending time in that part of the world of like former Soviet Union, because like, there's just this massive skepticism about anything the media talks about. There's a massive skepticism <laughs> of, of what the government, which is good and bad, right? That works for and, and, and against them. But there's just like, there's just so much more common sense of stuff and they don't get sure. too pulled too far on the either, either way. And I, I do think of just like the hype stuff, like that terrifies me or just like how, right. like last year, of just like how many big institutions just like really disappointed us last year, right? And, yeah, and the conclusion I came, but just like the conclusion I came to is like, wow, like you gotta take care of yourself and take care of family and, and obviously your neighbors, but just like you really can't like if you think the government and you think your country's gonna take care of you, like not really. You gotta be right. a lot more you gotta be thinking a little bit more of like, you know, like me inc, right? Like, you know, like sure. your startup with me, as they say. Yeah, yeah self yeah. more much more self-sufficient on every front, right? Of just like like, I really do think, I hope that's the lesson. I'm not sure that's the lesson that people got, but I hope that should be the lesson that a lot of people have, where even if you are an employee and very, very happy, you probably should have some side hustles and side gigs, yeah. right? And, and yeah. you know, just like, just understanding sort of like that, you know, your portfolio, like how are you building out your portfolio of investments, your portfolio of just right. like skill sets, your portfolio of even income streams, um, yeah. and, and really stop thinking about entrepreneurship as risky because, you know, I, I've said this many times where it's like, okay, think about this, right? Like who's, which one is more risky? You are an employee of one income stream or you are right. a, you know, like you are a consultant and you have like five customers, like which one is more risky? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, I always tell people, it's like, you're not going to fire you. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. like, you, you're your boss. You're not going to fire you. You're going to work hard. And the harder you work, the more you make. 
which is really yep. nice because when you're an employee, yep. as you know, you're a cat. Doesn't matter. You're capped. Yeah, you're, you're totally capped. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You're either lucky and at a at a good company that's growing like crazy, and that's not really all you, obviously. Yep. yep. Uh, or you're working really, really hard and the company's failing. And, yep. and so you, it's like, well, there goes my stock, there yep. goes my bonuses, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm working really hard. Yep, yep, <laughs> it's like yeah. so I, yeah, I tell people like, wouldn't it be better to be in control of your own destiny? And like you said, have multiple income streams and have passive income streams. Yep. So it's like something happens, you get sick or you want to go on vacation, you're still making money. You know, it's kind of nice. Yeah, Super important. I, I mean, I, I had a friend um, and he worked for him for a period of time. And so he actually had like a very serious medical um, thing. So mm. he couldn't come to work. Right. So he's, he was part time, but great guy. But, you know, I and I was just I was really worried for him. Like, you know, are you OK? Sure. And he's like, no, no, I'm totally fine. Like, you know, because like he had a side business that was doing like 10 to 15 K a month to him. Okay. Right. Good. And I'm like, awesome. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that <laughs> makes me feel so much better. Right. He's just yeah. like, yeah. So, so I could actually go and like take care of like my, um, oh, you know, medical fantastic. stuff. Oh, so I was just like, so happy to hear that. Like, you know, just like really great. And I just like, that was a lesson to me. I'm like, wow, sure. you don't know when these, like, you know, these medical things That's happen, right. like terrifying in the U S yeah, it is. In the US, it's really terrifying. Yeah. Um, so, let's talk a little bit more about how the world changed last year, because sure. you saw this in, in probably your own life and probably people that you work with and coach and yeah. just the fact that the pandemic kind of shook us all up. And I think like you, we were talking about earlier, kind of reawakened people to what do I really want? And what's really important for me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think like, like I said, you know, we were in this bubble for a long time, right? Like just like, you know, the SF Bay area bubble, just like, yeah, everything's going up. Salaries are going up you know, sort of job opportunities and business opportunities are going up, but also sort of like, frankly speaking, like just like the cost structure is going up. Oh, totally um, the competitive yeah. level has gone up. The crime and, and the, the, yeah. the sort of like weirdness in the city has gone up. And <laughs> yeah. so the quality of life was going down while everything is going up, but you just get so caught up in it. You don't think about sure. this, right? Like, and, and so yeah. th I think that's, that's what happened to many of us. And I was throwing myself included into that even in 2018, 2019, particularly, it was just like caught up in all the craziness. And I think last year, which is like the great pause, right? Of just like, you know, from mm -hmm. basically March, particularly the Bay Area, from, from March onwards through to, frankly speaking, the Bay Area has not come out of lockdown really until like sort of like March of this year. Like we were in lockdown That's for right. over a year. Yeah. Um, and so just, I think like this great pause of just like all of a sudden not having to commute, all of a sudden, you know, just having time to think about when I'm like, wow, do I really want to work at a company that just, I'm just freaking selling ads, right? Like who cares? Like, like, yeah. is this really like what I care about? And so I, I think that really forced a lot of people to sort of like, wow, I really don't want to do this. Um, and so you are going to see a lot of like, that's happening already. But I think, especially as a lot of the big companies are like, no, you got to come into the office um, later on this year. I think you're going to see a ton of people like leave. And, 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 yeah. and the folks who I think last year was a big wake up call for like, is this a lifestyle I want? Do I actually want to live here? So you saw tons of people leave California. What, we lost one or two seats? Yeah, we, yeah. It, it was the biggest exodus from California, I think, since there might have been like in the 70s, there was a time, I think, when people yeah. moved out. Yeah. But it was, it's the largest in decades. It's crazy. Yes. We lost two seats. We, we lost yeah, two I seats, if I, I recall correctly. Sure. Did we really? I'm, I'm almost positive. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost positive. Yeah, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm almost positive. I remember reading that. I'm like, oh, man, that sucks. But it's just like, that's an indication, right? Because your population yeah. goes down. You have less representation in the right. in Congress. So you're like, yeah, I get it. Um, and I think it's because people are like, wow, like, quality life is awful. The lockdowns and, you know, I don't mm. mean to go into politics, right? Like, I'm a centrist and Democrat and centrist. But just like, 
you know, like the politics of just like how badly run California is on so many fronts. So lockdowns not working, like all these things and just like, you know, just like, uh, yeah. Yeah, it felt pretty random and not very data or science based and much more fear based. Right. right? And so just a lot of stuff that just, I think, really made people question sort of like the ROI of them spending time, you know, of what they're doing, their job, where they live. So you saw a huge move of people all over the place, right? Like leaving the country, leaving the state. And and so I, I think it forced a lot of people just like, I don't want to be doing this for the rest of my life, or I want I don't want to be doing this at least for the next couple of years. I want to do something else. And so it's right. a wake up call. It's a wake up call for many, yeah. myself included. Yeah, I've I've been watching kind of the, the big players like Google and so forth and and uh I think even Microsoft and a few others, IBM just announced it, where they were gonna pull people back into the office and they said, Okay, we're gonna bring you back June, then it was July, then it was August, then September. And then I think what they found, because they probably talked to their employees and did a poll and was like, are you going to come back to the office? How do you feel about that? And I think they found a lot of people like, I'm just going to yep. quit then, yep. you know, because yep. I don't want to come back to the office. And they reversed. They reversed. I know that that happened uh, with Google. We're like, you know what? If you can work remote, go ahead and work remote. Yep. Yep. Just we want you to be close enough to come to the office uh, once a month or something yep. like that. Okay. But everybody's kind of reversing their the really strict rule about we're going to bring you back into the office. The only one who hasn't yet, I, I, I know think, Amazon's sticking to it, Apple sticking yeah, to it because they're a really yeah, expensive campus. Yeah, and yeah. But it's, yeah. I, I think crazy. the ones to watch, not just even tech, I think it'll be really interesting to sort of see what happens with the East Coast banks, right? So a lot of them are like, oh, nope, you have to come back yeah. in September. That's, a one, that's the, the factor to watch where I'm just like, right. if they do, because I, I think they're going to hold to either, are they going to push us back or they're going to st- stick to it and I'm curious to sort of see how much their, um, you know, their churn rate goes up. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so that, that's going to be interesting to watch in September, October. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. It's not all about Silicon Valley. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sometimes we get, I, I know I do, I get caught up in it too. Um, so I know it's definitely, when we were talking about this online, how kind of what's been going on with you know the remote work and with the pandemic and and just everything we've been through from kind of our corporate lives and then having a little more time to think that you've been re-examining much like I have kind of your work-life balance and and trying to be you know more engaged with your family taking care of yourself taking care of your health what has that been like for you and how have you refocused yeah, it's been it's been hard. It's been something I, I started seeing a therapist, which I recommend everyone should do, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I'm a lot older now and and just sort of like just rethinking about sort of your lives, right? And so it, yeah. it is interesting. I, I was talking to my therapist today, just like I'm like, don't you think like trauma sort of like drives like a lot of change and things? And and oh, sure. she, yeah, yeah. And, and she's like, Yes, but you know, too much <laughs> trauma is also bad too, right? Like a lot of those like 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 homeless people on the street are like that all came from trauma. So it's just like right. how you channel yeah. that trauma. Um, mm-hmm. And so it, it is interesting where I'm like, I'm looking back on sort of, you know, like having time to think is really, really important. And and that's something I still wrestle with, right? Like, even though sure. I'm, I'm in the very, very fortunate position to sort of like be on the sabbatical or whatever, my calendars are still booked. And I'm just like, body mm. time, like, why am I doing that? Right? Like, like, why <laughs> am I scared of like an empty calendar? Um, and I think it's partly because of that training or just like, no, your calendar needs to be full because your calendar's not yeah. full. You're not doing stuff and you're not validated, you know, blah, 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 blah. Right. Like, sure. and so I, I still wrestle with that as sort of like an immigrant sort of like kid and uh, type a, you know, like all that, that stuff. I'm still wrestling with it where I'm like, it's actually okay to do nothing every once in a while. It's okay to go right. watch Netflix, yeah. right? Like spend a day watching Netflix 
um, especially if you can afford it, like, why not? But this idea of just like, I'm trying to figure out that balance of just like, I don't want to be complacent. Um, sure. right. And, and yeah. so I do worry about that. Um, but at the same time, I also don't want to be like, wow, like, why am I spending like, you know, when I was at, you know, at Yahoo, I was spending like 80 to hundred oh, hour weeks, right? Like it was oh, nuts I, yeah, um, I because I ran a and l yeah. and I worked a lot of hours at 500, right? Just like, like mm -hmm. 82, 90 hours. I was there you like all the time and I was traveling yeah. all the time. And, and I look back, I'm like, man, I miss, like, I have no regrets in my life. I try, you know, I try to follow sort of like, you know, the, the Han, you know, Han, you know, that character Han in Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. I love that character, oh, yeah. but it has this, like, he, he has this like great saying. It's just like, he's like, you know, like make decisions and move, you know, and don't look back. Right. But, right. you know, I yeah. have very little regret about anything. The one regret I have is just like missing just so much of my daughter's life. Like just like when, you sure. know, we're growing yeah. up, I'm just like, what is I thinking? Like, I'm, she's never going to be that age again. Yeah. Um, and so that's yeah. a one regret. Everything else loved. Right. Like, just like, I, I think like almost everything else, but that to me, where you can never get that back. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Same with me. I, I missed a lot of my kids kind of young life and you don't get it yeah. back. And it's when I was grinding at eBay and grinding yeah. at Yahoo and yeah. you know, it was a hard eight years. You know, I don't think I took a vacation for eight years. So it's like, yeah, it does make you start to to question how to do things going forward, yeah. which, you know, is all we can do. Like yeah. you said, that's all you can do is look forward and say, how do I learn from that? How to get better to adapt. Yeah. yeah and, how do and, I get better? And, and, and trying to be like a lot more conscious of just like what I find, and maybe this is a Silicon Valley thing, or maybe not, but maybe the Silicon Valley, you know, you're always future oriented, right? So it's just like, you look back that you have regret and, and you don't want to have regret. I try not to have too sure, many regrets. Yeah. You look forward, you have anxiety, right? So you're always yeah, looking you look forward to like away. this, right? You're always anxiety. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just like, I think that the idea of present and everyone talks about like being more present, being more present. Right, and, right. and I'm still working on that, right? Like, you know, try, I do, I do meditation every morning. That's helped a oh, lot. Good. I do meditation when I go, go sort of like go to bed before I go to bed. Um, and one of the things I'm trying to do much more frequently is like, you know, meditate in the middle of, middle of the day, right? Like mm. five, 10 minutes just to bring just things down. Okay. I'm not succeeding, but it's something I've been like working at, um, right. you know, and trying to have a lot more like empty space in my calendar. And that's not really working really well. <laughs> um, I still have a big portfolio, right? Like, you know, I still talk to a lot of my own portfolio companies from 500. So like, I still care a lot about them, even though I'm not affiliate with 500 anymore right. it's just sort of i still care about them so i still spend time with them but like sure. it is one of those things of just like it's so easy to just sort of like fill up your calendar you're like okay yeah, yeah. you say yes and just trying to say no a lot more um yeah. i'm trying to i'm trying to work on that yeah yeah i am too i'm, I'm trying to do more time blocking kind of the jack dorsey method yeah. of saying this afternoon's dedicated to this and yeah. and stick with it and yeah. have time you know, like Warren Buffett talks about this. He's Empty like, calendar. You're getting, you're getting paid to think. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you need time to think and to strategize and just walk around the block and clear your head. Yeah. And I've been very aware of every time I do that or I go for a run or whatever, which used to feel like, oh, I'm wasting time. I should yeah. be working. But every time I do that, I go for a run or I lift weights or whatever. I come back and I have, I'm more creative. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, have yeah, new yeah. ideas. And so it's like, okay, it's an investment. You know, yeah, yeah. that time is actually an investment because I'm not a machine, yeah. you know, I have to recover and I have to figure out how to do my best work. And that does mean taking breaks like that. You know, it really does. Yeah. So what's you know, next for there, you? There's this like, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, just to close <laughs> off on this one. Yeah. Oh, sure. I, I'm just yeah, to close off on this one where it's just like on, on this idea of like having a resting ethic, I've been trying mm -hmm. to exercise this resting ethic, right? You have a work ethic, but I'm like, 
wait a minute, like we work all the time. We're like naturally oriented to sort of be typing. Like that's actually not our problem, right? I actually, the problem (laughs) is actually sort of like having a resting ethic. And and I I recommend anyone who, you know, if you haven't read like Google, like Morgan Housel, um, I believe it's Morgan Housel. He's a great writer about stuff. And um, he's with Hmm. Collaborative Fund. He wrote this book of like, not this book, he wrote this article about like how real work these this day and age doesn't look like work. Right. Like yeah, reading true. the newspaper, <laughs> taking a nap, going for a walk. Like yeah. it doesn't look like work, but that's actually yeah. what you're doing. And and our mentality is so stuck in the industrial age. Like All I have right. to use my calendar. I have yep. to be like cranking on the computer. I got to be doing like got to be doing something. But I'm like, yeah, but we're not making widgets like right. we're thinking. <laughs> and that's a different orientation. And by the way, you can't do more than four hours of real work a day anyways That's and right. but yet yeah. but i i'm i'm having to break that it's it's been really challenging i still wrestle with this i'm really wrestling with it yeah yeah and i and i wrestle with it with people around me too because it's like like you said the work doesn't look like work yeah. and so you can literally be sitting in a chair outside looking up at the clouds and you're kind of thinking through a problem you're trying to solve or in my yeah, case yeah. i'm often trying to think through the structure of an article i need to write yeah yeah it, somebody comes out like oh can you go do this can you do that run this errand it's like i'm actually working even yeah, though it yeah. looks like i'm not yeah, yeah, <laughs> working yeah. and so it's it's hard for others too because it doesn't look like the usual busy work where your hands are hammering the keyboard <laughs> that's true I, I wonder if that's a generational thing and i wonder if this next generation will 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 sort of like you know our kids I wonder if they'll right. figure it out. And I, I'm hoping that they will figure this out because I think for us you know, being old dogs, I'm just like, I, I, I this is something I, I think I'm going to be yeah. working on for a long time, just with my natural immigrant insecurity. It's like, you should always be working, but I'm like, yeah. are you really doing work? <laughs> right. Are you really, really doing work? And I'm not sure yeah. I am. Um, it's just, you're just burning yourself out. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I want to make sure people can find you. Where's yeah. the best place for people to locate you online? Um, basically Twitter. So just like I'm at Marvin Liao or I have a newsletter, um, hardfork.substack.com is, is my uh, newsletter. And so, um, if people want to keep up with me, um, and obviously on LinkedIn and all that other stuff, but yeah, probably Twitter and, and the hardfork.substack.com is probably the best place to find me. Um, and so I I hope I answered all your questions. Oh, you certainly did. Yeah, no, this is exactly, I mean, the kind of stuff I want to talk about. It's like, it's the deep stuff where we're starting to look at our lives and re-examine work and saying, I think it's going to be very different going forward. I think I was, I was telling somebody yesterday, I was like, we hit a tipping point and initially everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's temporary. And I started another podcast last year where we were looking at this saying, I think this is forever. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. this is going to change work forever. And yeah. and I think it is. Yeah. I, I mean, I, the, the reality is that everyone feels like, not everybody, but at least in the U.S., a sense of like, okay, things will be back to normal. I don't think so. I actually, yeah. unfortunately, the data seems to be pointing to the fact that we will, you know, I think the world will be going in and out of lockdowns for the next like one to two years. Like, I, yeah. I think like Delta variant, then there'll be like some whatever, variant, variant, or, yeah, they, they, yeah, 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 like, yeah, <laughs> I, I just think like there are going to be more because we haven't, we haven't yes. eradicated this thing. So the, no. the reality is that we're going to be going in and out. And I think a lot of, um, you know, like just, this is just what's going to happen. And so until we get everybody vaccinated until we, or we find some cure, something like, just right. like we are in, we are going in and out. This is a real, this is going to be our reality for the next couple of years. Yeah. And this will change everything. And I, and, and I, but I hope the Renaissance will come out of this in the sense that people will be much more thoughtful and intentional about their lives. Right. And, yeah. and, and yeah. it's hard, this is a hard thing. Right. But with trauma, hopefully sort of like growth and change comes out of it. And, and that's, 
that's a, let's let's hope there's a this that will be the silver lining. Yeah, I agree. That's a good note to end on. Well, yeah. Marvin, thank you for making time to talk with me today. It's been great catching up after a decade. Yeah, way too long. <laughs> let's make sure it's not another decade. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you would like to follow upcoming releases of the show, please subscribe. And as always, I appreciate your ratings and reviews. Thank you. If you would like to learn more about Invincible Career and the podcast, you can visit InvincibleCareer.com. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck in becoming an opportunity magnet for the best things in life. <laughs>